Hi everyone, it's Aliza Licht here, your host, and I'm so thrilled to share that my new book, On Brand, Shape Your Narrative, Share Your Vision, Shift Their Perception, is out now. I hope you'll pick up a copy because personal branding is for everyone. It's for the new graduate starting out, the middle manager looking to level up, the executive who wants to be a thought leader, the entrepreneur starting from scratch. It's for anyone who wants to pivot or transition into something new. Because having a strong personal brand means that your name gets dropped in rooms you're not in and that you're thought of for opportunities that other people haven't even heard of yet. So pick up a copy and I can't wait to hear what you think. Hi, this is Aliza Licht, and this is Leave Your Mark, the podcast, where I brew fresh career advice with some of my most inspiring and successful friends. It's professional advice that you can action immediately, whether you're just starting out in your career or well on your way. With a massive to-do list and a large cup of coffee, I promise that you can get it all done and still have time to post about it. I am really excited to welcome the amazing Jennifer Meyer, who understands the value of adding a little or a lot of sparkle to your life. Jen, you're, of course, the Los Angeles-based creative who's the founder and designer of your own jewelry brand, Jennifer Meyer, which you started in 2005. And I love that before you launched this brand, you worked in comms for some of the biggest fashion names, including Ralph Lauren and Giorgio Armani. And I say comms like everybody knows what that is. I just realized communications. And you're really known for this idea of reflecting jewelry in your own personal philosophy, which is authentic, unique, and always sparkle. And when I look at your jewelry, I feel like, and maybe you've gotten this before, but it becomes personal to the person almost immediately. Like I could see how you can adopt it to yourself. It's very like personal in that way, which is what I love about it. And of course, you've been recognized for this as well. You've received major accolades in 2012. You were runner up the CFDA Vogue Fashion Fund. A year later, the brand was nominated for the CFDA Swarovski Award for accessories design. You've been Hollywood Reporters, top 20 red carpet brand. And I know for you, it's not just a business. It's a way to connect the dots back to where you came from and your grandmother. We're going to talk about that. And of course, all the people who have inspired you along the way. So Jen, welcome to Leave Your Mark. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. It is a pleasure. So you grew up in California. Yep. Born and raised. Tell us a little bit about your upbringing. You know, I had a great upbringing. I mean, I'm a Cali girl through and through. I grew up on the beach, literally, and I've been here my whole life. I mean, I love LA. I mean, it's just like part of my blood. My whole family's here, my best friends, and I'm so lucky. The world of jewelry, you Uh learned that from your grandmother. I did. I didn't know that I always wanted to be a jewelry designer growing up, but my grandma Edith was the most amazing artist. And she used to work a lot with enamel. And she had this tiny little apartment and her tiny little kitchen. She had even a tinier little kiln. So we would sit at the kitchen table and she would literally make all this jewelry by hand and then put it in the kiln and it bakes. And then it all comes to fruition pretty fast. And I always loved being a part of everything that she did. So, you know, I think it was all from her. 
But of course, at the time, that was just probably like a project that you guys did together and it was nothing more. That's it. What did you actually go to school to study? I went to Syracuse and I studied child and family psychology. (laughs) Totally related. (laughs) Yes. Listen, it comes in handy. I'll tell you, it comes in handy in everyday life. Believe me. But I think I always knew that I loved fashion and I loved jewelry and I loved magazines. And that was always something that I gravitated towards my whole life. But I don't know. I went to college and I hadn't honed in on my passion yet. And a lot of like friends of mine were doing psychology. And I was like, well, okay, let's do psychology. And it was a great experience. It was a great experience. And then I came home and my first job out of college was working for Glamour Magazine. In New York or in Los Angeles? In Los Angeles. I didn't even know they had an LA office. Was that like the Conde Nast LA office? Sort of. It was sort of freelance, but I got the position of West Coast Beauty Fitness Editor. Don't ask how I did it. And I mean, you can't ask, but (laughs) well, how did you you know? I mean, I was, you know, 21 years old. It was crazy. Basically, what happened is I was done with college and uh, my dad said, What's the plan? And I said, they always do. I said, well, I think I'm going to take some time off and figure it out. He said, oh, really? You're going to take time off and figure it out? And I said, yeah. And I said, I think that's a good idea. And he said, what, taking time off from what? What are you taking time off from? And I was like, well, I don't know. I was just in college for four years. And he said, let me make this clear. You have two weeks to find a job. Which oh, will then, I love him. I which love will him. then have given you a month vacation. And that'll be the longest vacation you've ever had in your entire life. So you should thank me. That's my dad. How funny, Colin. Okay, that's and really funny. Within two weeks, you need to find a job. He said, I don't care if you find your dream job or you are working at a restaurant and waitressing because you could probably find a waitressing job. So don't tell me you can't find a job. And if at that point you don't have a job, he said, let me be killer. You can live with me for the rest of your life. Nothing would make me happier. You don't have to pay rent. You have a room. You can live with me forever. You can even eat my food. You can watch my TV. He's like, but I'm not going to give you $1. So your friends are going to get very sick and tired of paying for your movies, paying for your dinners, paying for your lunches. He said, you won't have a car. You won't have gas. You'll have nothing, but you can live at my house. You know, and I was like, uh, okay. And I had a friend at the time who was doing PR for like the Toronto Film Festival. And I called her and I was like, I'm in trouble. I need a job. Like, do you have any ideas? She said, well, you can come with me to Toronto. Actually, it's for 10 days. I need an assistant and I'll give you $500 in cash. And I thought, oh, this is amazing. This is major. $500 in cash, 10 days, and I will have a job and then I'll figure it out. At least this gives me another 10 days of like cushion, you know? Sure, sure. While I was in Toronto, she was on the phone with a woman named Bonnie Fuller at the time. Of course I know Bonnie. Right. Of course. So she's on the phone with Bonnie Fuller and she was looking for a West Coast beauty fitness editor for Glamour Magazine. And I'm listening to her on the phone going like, suggest me, suggest me. My friend's looking at me like, come on, 
Like you don't even have a resume, you know, like I had worked at like a sales girl at stores and I, you know, had been a PA on a movie, giving people coffee and things like that. But like, I had no experience. And she was like, well, there's a girl named Jen Meyer. She's just out of college. She's an LA girl. Maybe you should meet her. I got myself to New York for an interview. I had no resume. I went and met with Bonnie in her office at 21. I had never been on like a proper like interview for a career job. And I had no writing experience, no nothing. And I just sat in the meeting with her and I just said, listen, if you're looking for a girl who knows what's cool in LA, knows what's going on, who's got her finger on the pulse, I don't even know how I sold myself, but I sold myself really well. And I got the job. Unreal. It took her three weeks to call me, which I was panicked because I was like, so I was trying to say to my dad, well, you gave me two weeks plus another 10 days. You know, I was trying to like negotiate, <laughs> negotiate the days, how many days I had. And I remember where I was standing when I got the call and it was sort of the beginning of everything. And that was amazing. So listen, I always say like, just from that alone, even if you think you don't belong in a room, don't try to not get in the room, get in the room. Because if you can sell yourself and you can be confident and you know what you're doing, like you'll figure out the rest later, you know? That is such great advice. So now I'm so curious because you are a mom. So when your kids graduate college, are you going to give them two weeks to find a job? Are you going to like carry that over? Or is grandpa going to make them do that? You know, the best thing my dad and my mom ever did for me was make me work. We all have to work. We all need jobs. You know what I mean? So I think that that actually like gave me the most confidence. It made me who I was. And yeah, my kids better work. Are you kidding? Hell yeah. (laughs) Getting cut off. Yeah. So you do this editorial job and then how did you end up jumping to PR? Because I did the same thing. I started on the magazine side and then jumped to PR also. So what was your story of that? A woman named Wanda McDaniel, who works at Giorgio Armani, thinks she's still there. She's was an incredible mentor. And she had heard about me through the grapevine. And I guess they were looking for someone to do fashion PR, Giorgio Armani. And they called to interview me. And I was like, well, I have a job. People are like, but that's what you do. Like, if somebody, you know what I mean? Like, it's okay. Like, this is really a starting out job, like a very small position. And very, you know, entry pay level and all that stuff. And this is what you do if you're interested in it. And the truth is, I really always was interested in fashion. You know, I realized being in magazines, like I love reading them. I love magazines. They're amazing. But I was curious about other aspects of fashion. And I went interviewed with her and I got that position at Giorgio Armani. And that was an incredible learning experience. I mean, Working with that team, I mean, they're obviously the most incredible professionals and you learn so much. And, you know, I got to spend a really nice amount of time with Mr. Armani, which was super cool. Is as good as it gets, you know. I know the significance of what you're saying, but for people listening, like Wanda is pretty much credited as really starting celebrity dressing on the red carpet. Like explain a little bit about what your job was there. And also explain that literally everyone calls him Mr. Armani. 
that everyone there is- calls him Mr. Armani, period. The end does even his niece. I mean, they all call him Mr. Armani and an L.A. girl. Like, I think people on the East Coast find it super disrespectful. But like we never called anyone Mr. or Mrs. ever. You know, all my parents, friends were first name, first name basis. Totally. By the way, I went to a high school first name basis. Both my kids high schools now high school, junior high first name basis. It's like just how we are. So calling people Mr. and Mrs. was like, I better get used to that, you know? And now I always say to my kids, I'm like, this is Mrs. So-and-so. This is Mr. So-and-so. My kids kind of look at me like, why would I, don't they feel old when I call them Mr. and Mrs.? I'm like, it's kind of a respect thing, you know? But like, if my kids' friends were like, hey, Miss Meyer, I'd be like, oh God, no, no, no. That's my mom. Call me. Totally. Don't call me Miss Meyer, please. I beg you. So Wanda, yeah, Wanda sort of, created that world. There was a showroom. All the clothes were in the showroom and all of the stylists came in to us directly themselves. That's how I became super close with Rachel Zoe. She would come into the showroom. We would show her everything. She would pull. Now there were only a couple people at the time who had stylists, you know, you had to be major to have a stylist like Julia Roberts, of course. And then Andrea Lieberman had Gwen Stefani and Rachel Zoe was doing Cameron Diaz. And, but so many people came in directly to us. So Mr. Armani and our team, we formed these relationships with people. So over and over and over, they would wear Giorgio Armani, you know, George Clooney or Russell Crowe or whoever, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer and all these people at the time and without deals. Let me tell you, that's a major point. Nobody was paid to wear one thing. Nobody had a deal. They just were loyal. Those were the days. Those were the days. I mean, it was amazing. So it was an amazing experience. And then from there, I went and worked for Ralph Lauren. I worked with Rebecca McCabe, who's now running Chanel. Yeah. And she's incredible. I mean, I worked with her when she was at an assistant at details. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. (laughs) Details. Oh, that was a great magazine. It was. So, RIP. Yeah, RIP. And working with Ralph was beyond. I mean, David, Lauren, and they were all incredible to me. And then while I was at Ralph Lauren, that's when I started my jewelry company. So what was that spark? Did you wake up one morning and have an epiphany like, okay, that thing I used to do with my grandma, I feel like I should do it for real? Like what inspired that moment? I realized how much I always loved jewelry. I always wanted to design jewelry. I never said it because I was like, how could I even say I want to design when I'm working for the greatest designers in the world? Like I would never be able to do this. It just like, I couldn't imagine that I would be capable. So I was really thinking like, I really wanted my own thing. I was living with my boyfriend at the time who, you know, nobody at me. He became my husband and the father of my children. And I was living with my boyfriend at the time and he was super successful at a young age. And I just was like, Oh, I need my own thing. Like I've got so much, I guess the feeling of creativity coming out of me. I just didn't know what to do with it. And he said, what do you want to do with your life? Like, what do you want to actually do? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And Toby said, well, the truth is we all have a dream and we all have something that we really want to do. And we're too scared to say it. 
because we don't think we're ever going to be able to do it or that we're talented enough or that we can figure it out or that we have enough money to do it, whatever. He said, but we all have that inside of us, whether it's to be an actress, a writer, a runner, an athlete, whatever the hell it is, it doesn't matter. We all have that secret dream. And I was like, okay, I want to be a jewelry designer. He was like, well, that's easy. I'm like, the what? how is that easy? Wait, Jen, I have a question. Was that the first time you said it out loud? The first ever. It's scary, right? When you actually like, put it out into the world. I felt like he was pressuring me. I was so mad. I was like, <laughs> leave me alone. It's like confession. Just because you're successful doesn't mean we all have to be like, I'm fine. You know, and then I said it and I got really scared. And yeah, he said, there's like that Star Wars quote where it says, do or do not, there is no try. Meaning like do something or don't just, just like try to do it. Like do it, make it happen, figure it out. And I was like, <gasps> so great advice. I saved a little bit of money, truly a little bit of money. And like, if I had 20 extra bucks that week, I was like putting it into my like savings account, 50 extra dollars, whatever it was. I was like, save, 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 do whatever you could do to save. and. Then I went and taught myself. First, I was taking beating classes. I'm like, I'm not a beater. I'm not going to be able to do this. This is, you know, so I moved on from there. Then I went and like, if it said jeweler on the door, I went downtown. I went to Beverly Hills. I went to Culver City. Anywhere it said jeweler, I knocked on their door. I was like, I have an idea for this leaf that I had sketched out. And half the people were like, sorry, not going to do it. I'm like, okay. Then people were like, okay, this sample will cost you X amount of dollars. A different person would tell me about the same sample. It'd be a hundred more dollars, a hundred less dollars. So I sort of was like making these samples and figuring out like, there's a cost of gold. There's a cost of diamonds. Like I had no clue about any of this. Figured it out, learned on the job. Then I made... I think it was like six pieces and that was the beginning. That's amazing. So 2005, right? That's the start of the company. Yeah, 2005. Mm -hmm. And then a year later, you have this like moment where Jennifer Aniston is wearing a piece of your jewelry. Tell us about that. That was a crazy time for me because I just started my company, which I didn't even know I was starting a company. Right. You just made samples. Basically. I just That's made samples and there was sure. no Instagram. There was no social media. There was no way of doing any of it. You just got to make something and hope that people like it and do your best to get it out there. Um, so I had some pieces and these stylists were at Ralph Lauren pulling for the breakup. Cause I was working at Ralph Lauren, by the way, I told Rebecca, I'm like, I'm trying to do jewelry. Rebecca's like, great. Like, yeah, Ralph doesn't make jewelry, so it doesn't yeah, matter. <laughs> go do your thing. Like, awesome. So supportive. And I said to these stylists, can I show you these pieces? I'm curious your opinion. Not to show Jen Aniston. I wasn't even friends with Jen at the time. Since then, she's one of my best friends in the world, and I live for her. But I didn't know her well at all, right? But yeah, her seeing my jewelry, she would have never known I was starting a jewelry company. So I showed these stylists my jewelry. What do you think? They're like, oh, we're going to go show Jen for the breakup. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. These are like my only samples. They're like, Wait, you never. Was this Nina and Claire? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She's like, you never know. Jen picks her stuff. You never know. I'm like, 
okay. I don't hear back about him for like three weeks. I can't breathe. I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Forget it. I don't even want to look at the pieces again. Don't even call me. They think they're the worst things in the world. They've thrown them in the trash. I just want to pretend this moment never happened. You know what I mean? Like all the things going through your head, but then you're like, all my money's invested in these pieces. I need these pieces back. Forget it. I don't even want to look at them. You know what I mean? Like you're just like, can't even see straight. I get a call from the breakup three weeks later saying we need three of XYZ pieces. It was like the leaf necklace, earrings, a ring. I was like, oh, um, I need those pieces back. Those are my samples. So like, if you need multiples, I've got to like have those. They're like, huh? Like we're starting to shoot. Like we need these things. I don't know how I did it. I don't know how I pulled it off. I just like hail Mary. You know what I mean? Like you just got to like figure these things out in these moments. I remember charging them on like a word document. I sent an invoice and I think I like, charge them under cost. Cause I was so like, didn't even know what I was doing. And that was the beginning of like a crazy movement. I was selling leaves. I can't even tell you how many at a time. Um, it really was unreal. And at the same time I got into Barney's and it just sort of all snowballed from there. But listen, we know a lot of one hit wonders you know, and we know a lot of like companies or people that have moments and then it goes away as fast as it comes. So I got really lucky that out of all the jewelry pieces, Jen picked these ones, but you got to keep making more than the leaf, you know? So that was the challenge of like, can I do this? Yeah. Which brings me to when you were like realizing that this is actually now a company, right? You have like a brand. How did you think about what your brand should mean to people? If you even did back then. So back then, I don't think you're really thinking I'm creating a brand. Right. It was, it was probably not a thing back then anyway. I don't think it was. Thank God. I don't (laughs) know what I would do if I was like, had to create this as a brand. It was so sort of authentic. Organic. Yeah. Yeah. It was organic. It was authentic. So I think you have to base everything on like kindness and authenticity, you know, and you've got to really stick with what you love and how you want people to feel when they're wearing your pieces. I just wanted to design for the everyday woman. I wanted to design for people who love jewelry, but never wanted to take it off. I always say like, you know, women are busy. We have a lot on our plates. And when we're like getting up in the morning and we're getting dressed and we're putting on our clothes and we're changing this and we're changing that. And, you know, you're for me, it's like I'm getting still getting up. I'm getting my kids ready for school. I'm going to the office. I'm going to lunches or meetings or Zooms or whatever the case may be. And then you're dealing with dinner for your kids and hopefully going out or, you know, like dealing with your husband or your boyfriend or your best friends, you're, you're trying to manage everything and enjoy your life and be happy and whatever. Like one thing I always say is like, my jewelry doesn't change. Like I know I have access to a lot of jewelry, but like I will keep the same pieces on for days, for weeks, for months. You like sleep and shower in your pieces, right? I do. 
<laughs> I sleep in them. I shower in them. They're a part of me. And I really wanted that feeling for women. You know what I mean? Like, I love when people look at someone, they're like, she, oh, I love that she's always in that necklace. And you're like, well, it's got my initials on it or my daughter's initials or, mm-hmm. you know, my best friend gave it to me. Or I always say like women can look in their jewelry box and they know every single piece that's in there. They know who gave it to them, what the occasion was, why they bought it for themselves, how long they've had it. Everything has a meaning. Yeah, you're right. All these women have grown up with me. You know, I love it. They come in. They're like, I just had something great happen. And I'm buying that piece to remind myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like, sure. I just got a big paycheck and that's the piece that I want or things like that. And I just like love that it all has a meaning. So true. So when you're designing a new collection, I know you dropped one in October. How do you sort of get your inspiration for your new pieces? Like what inspires you? Listen, I think that if you look at my line, right? You look at my brand, you look at the jewelry pieces that I make. It's like everything sort of builds on something else. You know, there's a very clear through line into everything, whether it's the Edith collection or the bezels that I use or the sticks that I use or the inlay, the turquoise, the lapis. It's sort of, there's a through line where everything kind of interconnects. And I think I'm always building on past collections to make new collections fresh and beautiful and exciting. And so you can still wear it with all your classic pieces. I love that. That's really important to me. So you're the creative, but you're also the business side. Which side do you prefer? I mean, I prefer the creative side, you know, like my mind will sort of go off in a million places, but The business side is super exciting. It's really fun watching your company grow and build and seeing those numbers. I'm not going to lie. It's awesome to watch. But, you know, it's really fun to put stones together and ideas and watch your pieces come out as beautiful as you imagined, you know. And everything about this collection is made by hand in L.A. Everything is made in L.A. It's all locally made. That's so important to me. It's really, really, really important to me. And I have the best team of designers. Not I design, but the best team of manufacturers. You know, these guys are artists and they put each piece together just incredibly and beautifully. And I don't know. I'm so lucky. Well, you're talented. So it's not just luck. Well, thank um, you. And obviously you lead a great team. But if you had to think of something that, you know, obviously it's many years later since, you know, you launched in 2005, like anything, you know, now that like, you wish you knew back then when you were starting your business. It's so interesting because it's like, we all have those feelings in life, right? If I only knew, if I knew then what I know now, right. But I don't think I would have been where I am if I had known all of this, you know, I love to mentor people. I love to talk people through things. I love to give people advice. But at the same time, I think you become successful from like the things you learn and the things you fail at, you know, the things you realize really worked and the things you realize didn't work. So it's all a learning curve. I'm still learning, you know, I mean, every day I'm still learning. So cool. Tell us a little bit about your little new venture into clothing and that collab. 
Yeah, that was so fun. You know, a few years ago, I had done two seasons of a clothing collaboration with Barney's. RIP Barney's. We miss Barney's. We definitely do. Yes, we do. And it was so fun. It was amazing to do. I loved it. It was incredible. But it takes up a lot of work and a lot of time. And I have a jewelry company to run. And Daniela Vitali, who ran Barney's, was, I think, consulting for giving advice to Moose Knuckles. And she was like, I have this really cool brand that you know, wants to talk to you. And we ended up having a conversation and came up with this awesome collaboration. And I think like all parts of design are sort of like in my bones and I just can't stop myself. And I guess in my blood and we had the best time doing it. It was this great outerwear line. And no, it's so good. So good. Thank you. Just launched. It just launched. It's so good. I know it's just, I mean, I don't know how many different coats I can have, but apparently oh, I can have- me neither. And I live in LA. <laughs> well, you travel, I'm sure. So jewelry, clothing. I mean, do you feel like this is something where you might go into other categories for your own brand? Is there like an itch? This definitely made me realize that, I mean, listen, I think first and foremost, I am a fine jewelry designer and I absolutely love what I do. And I'm not looking to stop doing what I do at all. Of course, all. of course. But yeah, listen, I think that a lot of amazing opportunities have come my way. And I think that the next thing that I do, if I do do something else, will be under my umbrella. Probably not, you know, a collaboration. I can't wait to see. Collaboration with myself. (laughs) When you think about style icons and like who inspires you creatively or who you love to see your pieces on, who comes to mind? I mean, this is probably such a lame answer, but I got to be honest, I'm so lucky with the women that wear my jewelry. I mean, it still surprises me and makes me pinch myself when I see them in magazines or walking out of the supermarket or walking a red carpet wearing my pieces. So it's like, I really do have to be honest, I feel super blessed with the group that I have. And, you know, it would have been like fun to maybe see like Elizabeth Taylor in her time. Yeah. Jackie O, you know, some like iconic women who just had such a fashion sense. You couldn't even, it just, it can't even be recreated. And jewelry obsessed, not to mention. Exactly. We said before you're a mom. I'm a mom. So what do you hope to teach your kids about entrepreneurship? You know, Nothing makes me happier when my kids want to wear my jewelry. My son wants to wear all my jewelry and own all my jewelry. My daughter, I'm like, can you please wear some of my jewelry? She's like, okay. You know, she's like, oh my God. Totally uninterested. Totally uninterested. But listen, my daughter, I'll never forget in first grade came home and she said, mom, I got to ask your advice. I said, okay, what's up? And she's like, I really want to be popular. And I said, you really want to be popular? And she said, yes. How can I be popular? And I said, you want to know the secret? And she said, yes. I said, be nice to everyone and everyone will like you. She's like, really? And I was like, (laughs) yep, that's it. Everyone will be like, oh, wow. I like Ruby McGuire. I want to be her friend. She's so nice. She's like, okay, that was easy. I'm like, you know, it is easy. Kindness is easy. So I think like that's the main thing I want to teach my kids is to just be kind to everyone, be loving, be open, 
have a heart. You never know what people are going through. And then I think like building a brand or working hard or working for somebody, whatever the case may be, it's all important. But I think it's just like, be kind and work hard and your job, no matter what is important. And if you take every job you have seriously, you will end up where you want to be. Great advice. Great advice. I'm going to pass that on to my kids, right? It's true. I mean, listen, my daughter, I remember she did these plays for five years straight and literally for four years, she had the shit roll every year, right? She was in the background never had a line. She was singing with the group. She's like, I can't get a good role. I was like, every role is important. Trust me. You show how committed you are. One day you're going to have a lead, but you got to get, you got to do it. You got to be like diligent. You got to show them like, I'm here, I'm supporting you. I'm showing up and I'm going to be the best backup dancer you can imagine, you know? And year five, she finally got one of the leading roles. It was like, the best moment of her life. But I'm like, that's why I try and tell everybody. I'm like, you keep working your ass off. Like you will end up where you want to be. It's oh hard sometimes. I, I'm so happy she got that role. Go Ruby. Me too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this was awesome. And you had so many pearls of wisdom and you're so super talented. How do you ultimately want to leave your mark? Oh, I mean... Listen, if hope I live for another hundred years and just continue to do what I love. And people just think like, I love Jen. She's great. She's sweet. She's kind. She's awesome. And she's talented. I don't know. Like, I haven't really thought about that. I just hope people love what I do and they continue to love what I do for as long as I decide to do it for. Well, you're not stopping, my friend. No, not now. Not anytime soon. No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) I love what I do. I love it so much. Everyone who wears your jewelry is not going to let you stop. So there's that. Listen, I'm here. I've got nothing else to do but design jewelry. So I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Wait, I do have to ask, like, what does your dad say now with all this success? Are you like, hey, dad, like, I got that job. I actually created it. (laughs) Well, when I was working at Ralph Lauren, I told him I wanted to start a jewelry company. He's like, great, do it. I was like, I think I need some help. He's like, well, I'm not giving you any money. I'm like, okay, great. And I realized he was like, you're not going to leave Ralph Lauren. That's a great job. Don't leave a great job to maybe start another company. You know, his thing was like, he's a really hardworking human. And he always said like, you don't leave a job unless you have another job. People, you're more attractive in a job, you know, which I get it. And he was really worried for me that I'm like going to, you know, blow up an amazing job like Ralph Lauren to like maybe start a brand. But at the same time, he's so, he's always been my biggest support. I mean, I can't even tell you. And him and my mom have just like given me the best advice and backed me so hard emotionally that he was so right not to help me because first of all, most people don't get help from their parents. And I think if he had helped me, I would not have had sort of the like passion and Mm -hmm. drive. Exactly. I was like a dog trying to get a bone. I was like, I am going to make this successful, you know, and it was all mine. It was all mine. Every cent was mine. So it was like on me, no matter what. You know, nobody was saying, how'd you spend that money? How'd you do that? At the time that I started my company, there was no such thing as investors. There was no such thing as like launching a brand, really. It was like, good luck. People are like, 
how many people should I hire? I'm starting a company. I'm like, I don't know. I was literally FedExing out of my living room on my floor alone. I hired people when I could afford to hire them from the money I was making at the company. But I bet you, you still would do that. Cause you oh, seem like the yeah. person that would just be like, I'll just do it. I'll just FedEx it. Yes. Luckily I have like the greatest team of people. So I actually don't have to FedEx anymore. Thank you, God. And any of my girls who are listening to me, thank you so much. I'm so grateful, but yes, <laughs> I would fully FedEx. And like when we have appointments or we're working with big clients, like Caitlin, who's been with me for 12 years, like we are on the floor packaging and unpackaging and laying things out and going through it and sitting on our computers. Like there's no messing around. Yeah. I have done it all. So I don't need to do it all now. <laughs> right. But, but you would. And I think that there's something really admirable about that because at the end of the day, I think that's what makes the most successful people is people who are just literally willing to do it all, even if yeah. they don't have to do it all. Yeah, of course. Jen, this was so much fun. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to Leave Your Mark, the podcast. If you want more career advice, be sure to pick up a copy of my best-selling book, Leave Your Mark. If you're on Instagram, make sure to follow at Leave Your Mark Podcast to stay up with the latest episodes. And of course, say hi to me at Aliza Licht XO. If you're on Twitter, definitely reach out at Aliza Licht. I would love to hear from you. If you want to subscribe to my newsletter or attend a future virtual mentoring event, go to alizalick.com for more information. And just remember this, if change doesn't hurt a little, it's not change. Keep on rocking.